0: chapter 39 of the ordeal of elizabeth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by k hand chapter 39 of the ordeal of elizabeth by anonymous by the next morning she had realized all that the verdict meant she had had time even to grow used to it the first joy had spent itself the inevitable reaction was setting in Life isn't everything, she thought, and stared before her with knit brows. The fire—it was a long time since she had sat beside one—gave out a cheerful glow. The little drawing-room wore a festive air and was bright with flowers that had been sent to her. A feeling of physical ease and contentment, of relief in the mere change of scene, stole over her wearied senses. But still it did not suffice. She struggled indeed against it. She took up and re-read a letter which had been left for her a little while before, and had caused her, in her state of exhaustion, something of a nervous shock. "'They have just told me, it said, that you are acquitted. As for me, I am very ill. They say I can't live much longer. That's why I ask if you will come and see me at once. There are some things I'd like to tell you, and if you don't come quickly it may be too late. Amanda. The address was that of a hospital. I didn't know, Elizabeth said, that Amanda was so ill.' her aunts who were hovering about the room devouring their recovered treasure with tender eyes looked surprised at her introduction of an irrelevant subject i heard that she had gone to a hospital miss cornelia said dryly and her mother came down to be near her but dear me that girl always has something the matter with her i don't know why you should trouble yourself about her my dear both she and her mother have behaved in a very unfeeling way all this time never coming to see you or sending messages or anything well amanda has sent me a message now said elizabeth she wants me to come and see her and i think she hesitated a moment i think i shall go at once she announced with a sudden decision the words sounded strangely to her as she uttered them it was so long since she had said that she would do this or that and even now her wishes met with some faint opposition her aunts looked at each other but won't that be painful for you my dear urged miss cornelia after a moment i'm used to painful things aunt cornelia the girl's smile was bitter there was a tone of petulant wilfulness in her voice her aunt still looked at one another unspoken words trembled on the lips of each my dear miss Joanna began at last Julian she stopped he said he hoped to see you this morning said Miss Cornelia taking up the sentence he hoped that after you had rested she faltered as a look crossed Elizabeth's face which did not promise consent and then suddenly she took courage and crossed over to Elizabeth and took her hand my dear she cried you you must see him he has been so unhappy he he loves you elizabeth again her voice faltered the girl sat passive for a moment and then she flushed and dragged away her hand i can't see him she broke out hoarsely it it would be more painful than seeing amanda and if he loves me why so much the worse then softening as she met their dismayed looks oh don't you understand she cried don't you understand that the kindest thing i can do for him is not to see him and then the tears sprang to her eyes and she hurriedly left the room when she came back a few minutes later she was dressed for going out in the black gown and hat that she had worn at the trial she had tied a black veil over her face i must go see amanda she said speaking very quietly and without any trace of emotion i should always regret it if if anything happened before i went she paused as if in expectation of further protest and then as none came she went to them and kissed them both affectionately "You." You don't mind do you she said with a note of apology in her voice her aunt sighed resignedly I wish you would let me go with you Elizabeth miss Cornelia said feebly Elizabeth smiled why should you dear she said quietly I've got to face the world alone sometime I suppose and it will be nice to see what it's like I've almost forgotten she gave a little sigh but checked it instantly and went out before they could say any more once in the street the world seemed so strange that it was startling and for a moment turned her faint and giddy It was a mild midwinter day the trial had lasted over Christmas and into the new year almost there seemed a foretaste of spring in the air to Elizabeth the sunlight was dazzling she put up her hand to ward it off she walked slowly and feebly as if she were convalescing from a long illness she had not realized before how weak she was fortunately there was but a short walk before her through the quiet regions of Irving Place past Gramercy Park and on to the hospital She met no one she knew but several strangers glanced at her curiously or so she imagined as if they recognized her even through her veil they might know her from the pictures with which the papers had been filled they had seen one no doubt only that morning with an account of the verdict they were wondering still perhaps if she were guilty or innocent she was very tired when she reached the hospital and the meeting with amanda loomed up before her like a nightmare her hand trembled as she rang the bell a woman in a sister's dress opened the door the hospital was under the charge of a protestant order there was something conventual about the waiting-room into which she was shown there was little furniture pictures of saints hung on the walls the wide window was filled with stained glass through which the light streamed faintly and fell in bars of crimson and purple upon the polished floor the sister speaking in the subdued voice which the place seemed to demand bade elizabeth seat herself and took up her name elizabeth sank down with a sense of physical relief which obliterated all other feelings a moment later she looked up with a start the door opened and a woman entered it was Amanda's mother well Elizabeth so you've got off she said mechanically touching with dry lips her niece's cheek I'm sure I'm glad enough for the sake of the family and then I never thought you did it Elizabeth flushed painfully that was kind of you aunt Rebecca she said well a great many people did you know and probably do still for that matter but lore what difference does it make as long as you've got off some people might think all the more of you there was that girl at who committed that murder that everybody talked about she got a hundred offers they say right after she was acquitted and everybody knew that she got off just because she was a woman elizabeth shuddered please don't talk about it aunt rebecca she said faintly tell me about amanda a sort of contraction crossed aunt rebecca's face which might in anyone else have resulted in tears oh amanda's pretty poorly she said in an odd dry voice I guess all those sanitariums and new-fangled inventions haven't done her much good why the doctor sent her here i don't know it's a queer catholic place and i don't hold with such notions but amanda seems taken with the sisters she broke off abruptly as one of their number entered she was a woman of middle age with a grave fine face and a musical voice which harmonized with the place and her own costume in her presence amanda's mother for all her uneasy contempt seemed to sink at once into insignificance the sister took possession very gently but completely of elizabeth her charge had been very anxious she said to see her it was kind of miss van vorst to come and then she led the way up the stairs and down the long white corridors talking quietly as she went of amanda's case the girl was suffering from a complication of maladies and the sister thought that there was besides some trouble weighing on her mind under the stress of which she grew daily weaker no there was humanly speaking little hope though amanda's poor mother did not realize it but the sister thought it would do her patient good to see miss van vorst of whom she had talked a great deal all this time there was not a word not a curious glance to show that the sister knew that she had beside her the subject of so much discussion and yet elizabeth felt herself enveloped in an atmosphere of sympathy a tacit recognition of the fact that she had suffered which held in it not a trace of blame or suspicion elizabeth felt grateful the private room which amanda occupied as one of the few paying patients was near the roof of the house at the head of several flights of stairs sunlight poured in through the window the floor was covered with matting the walls bare and hung with religious pictures opposite the small iron bed and place where the light fell full upon it was an engraving the copy of a famous picture of christ upon the cross it was singularly vivid and the sorrowful dignity of the face had attracted the eyes and soothed the sufferings of many an occupant of this room amanda's strange light eyes as they stood out unnaturally large and dilated in her thin wasted face were not fixed upon the picture but turned with eager expectancy toward the door she was sitting up in bed her head propped with pillows her skin had faded to a duller more ghastly tint than ever but a bright spot of red burned in either cheek as elizabeth entered she started and an odd look flitted across her face it was hard to tell whether it indicated relief or fear or perhaps a mingling of both so you've come she said and drew a long sobbing breath it was all her greeting Elizabeth embarrassed murmured a few words of sympathy as she sank into the chair nearest the door the sister with a keen glance from one to the other left the two girls alone Amanda immediately assumed control of the situation sit there she said in a quick sharp voice and pointing to a chair by the window sit there so I can look at you Elizabeth mechanically obeyed and threw back her veil Amanda's eyes fastened eagerly upon her face why you you've lost your looks she announced abruptly did you know it there was a note of involuntary satisfaction in her voice Elizabeth tried to smile worse things have happened to me than that Amanda she said I didn't think anything could be worse to you Amanda said feebly Elizabeth was silent she was thinking that suffering had not yet produced in Amanda any regenerating effect "'Well, after all, I guess it don't matter,' Amanda said, drearily, after a pause. "'You're acquitted just the same, and Mr. Gerard is just as crazy about you as ever, they say. I guess you've got the best of me still.' She sank into a gloomy silence. Elizabeth dared not speak. She was wondering if she could not escape, since her cousin had nothing to say beyond the old jealous complaint. But suddenly Amanda turned to her. "'I've something I want to tell you,' she said, speaking feebly and with difficulty sister made me promise that i would she said that if there was any any way in which i'd injured you it would ease my mind to tell you but first you must promise she looked about her suspiciously you must swear to me on your oath that you won't repeat anything i tell you she raised herself on her pillows her breath came in convulsive gasps she fixed her eyes intently upon elizabeth Promise she said in her weak hoarse voice swear to me on your oath that you won't Repeat what I tell you now Elizabeth trembled her brain felt dazed those strained eager eyes held her with a terrible insistence I I promise she repeated hardly knowing what she said conscious only of a wish to have them withdrawn Amanda sank back as if relieved on the pillows, but still she questioned with a look of doubt you won't break your word you are sure quite sure said Elizabeth her brain still seemed dazed her lips moved mechanically Amanda seemed satisfied still she did not speak she lay quiet with half-closed eyes at last with a painful effort she raised herself up and fixed her eyes again intently upon Elizabeth I sent the poison she said the words came in a hoarse whisper Elizabeth stared at her without moving only a slight shudder passed through her The words echoed in her ear, beat upon her brain. The odd part of it was that they did not surprise her. She seemed somehow to have heard or thought them before. Yes, Amanda repeated after a moment, I sent the poison. It was after I had left the sanitarium. No one knew that I had left it. I dressed as like you as I could. I copied your handwriting. I knew they would think it was you. But I didn't— a slight undertone of contempt made itself felt in her voice i didn't know how easy it would be for i didn't suppose you'd do all those stupid things that made them suspect you she was silent elizabeth stared at her motionless aghast but why why she faltered what object amanda could you have a look of intense bitterness crossed the sick girl's face she seemed to flare up all at once into a red heat of anger as dry withered wood will sometimes give out the fiercest flame what object she repeated you ask what object and you know how he scorned me didn't you wish him to die you admitted it in court because he stood in your way and do you think that is anything to being humiliated dragged in the dust as i was she leaned back panting on the pillows the fierce flame of anger which passed over her seemed to consume her feeble strength when she spoke again it was much more feebly that time when i i went to him at the studio she said i thought maybe he'd come back to me again seeing you didn't seem to want him i thought but there i was a fool most women are i guess when they care about a man he laughed at me and said that i'd deceived myself that it was i who did the love-making that was a lie but it was what he said i guess about most girls when he got tired of them i got wild it seemed as if my brain was on fire and i i threatened him He only laughed, and then I taunted him. About you, that seemed to hurt him more. I said, as how you had so many beaux, you didn't care any longer about him. He said then I was mistaken, that you were just as fond of him as ever. Really, that you would do anything he wanted. She paused. Her breath seemed to fail her. Elizabeth sat listening, stupefied, incapable of speech or motion. Amanda went on presently, huddling one word upon another. I didn't believe him i thought it was only to make me feel worse and then when i went out i met you the thought came to me that i'd find out the truth i came back i'd left the door open i saw you give him money but there was a look on your face that made me think you didn't do it for love she paused again and struggled for breath elizabeth spoke involuntarily but how did you know she asked about the pearls what that you'd sold them Amanda spoke quietly, with a slight smile, as at the simplicity of the question. I knew it the moment I saw you, that evening, and you didn't have them on. Then when I spoke of them, I saw I was right. I saw how I'd frightened you. There was a secret. I didn't know what, but it was something you were ashamed of. Then, when you got engaged to that other man, I understood. I knew you were afraid of his finding out. I used to write to him, warning him he never answered my letters or paid any attention i guess he thought i was crazy but i had to keep on writing i couldn't help it somehow i had to do everything i did it seemed as if something urged me on the only thing that kept me from from having my revenge was that you might reap the benefit and then this plan came to me and i saw how i could get even with you both the hoarse feeble voice grew fainter and died away as if from sheer exhaustion Elizabeth interposed an indignant protest and so she said you wanted me to suffer for your crime You would have been glad if they had found me guilty Amanda did not answer for a moment No, she said at last I didn't want you to die. I knew you'd get off Everyone said so because you were so pretty and so swell They wouldn't the bitter smile again hovered about her white lips They wouldn't have said that about me, but if they had found you guilty she paused i had quite made up my mind to confess it was horrible lying here thinking it over i don't believe death can be worse you couldn't have suffered anything like it for you were innocent she looked at elizabeth with a strange horror in her eyes her face was ghastly beads of perspiration stood on her forehead and on the little rings of dark red hair which clung about her temples oh you don't know what it is she said you don't know what it is It's the thought of that that's killing me inch by inch it's not the disease and yet I'm afraid I'm afraid to confess Her voice broke piteously. You don't want me to do you now that you've got off It won't do you any good any longer and as for me though. I don't want to live. I'm afraid to die The feeble voice again faltered and died away Elizabeth sat silent her brain in a whirl before her there rose the thought of the long months of torture the prison cell the terrible unnecessary suspicion that still clouded her life if amanda would confess it would be something people would never again believe her guilty and yet mechanically her eyes wandered about the room the incongruous setting for this strange scene bright calm and peaceful filled with the pictures of martyred saints her gaze lingered fascinated on the face of christ in the engraving It might have been the effect of the light or the overwrought state of her nerves which made it appear so real instinct with mysterious life and power Almost it seemed as if the lips moved the sorrowful eyes rested with a look of infinite pity on Amanda You won't betray me the feeble voice pleaded. I trusted you you promised you won't break your word No Elizabeth spoke slowly and thoughtfully. I won't break my word i did break a promise i made you once and repented it ever since but this time i shall keep it if you confess it must be for your own sake not for mine no one i care about believes me guilty let it go amanda drew a sigh of relief her head fell back her attitude of tension relaxed insensibly. you are very generous she said faintly i i won't be ungrateful and then a silence fell upon them amanda's eyes closed she seemed exhausted Elizabeth, seeing this, got up. I had better go, you are very tired. No answer came, but as she reached the door Amanda's eyes unclosed, she turned her face towards her. Goodbye, she said. I'm sorry you've lost your looks. Perhaps you'll get them back. The words came out with a great effort, and then she turned her face away and said no more. The sister was waiting outside in the corridor. She accompanied Elizabeth to the door of the hospital as they parted she laid her hand for an instant on the girl's arm her grave clear eye scanned the white exhausted face my dear she said did your cousin tell you what she sent for you to say Elizabeth met her gaze firmly with eyes as clear as her own it is a secret she said quietly I promised not to repeat it a cloud passed over the sister's face her hand rested for a moment tenderly on Elizabeth's arm poor child was all she said it would have been hard to tell to whom she referred elizabeth or amanda an instant later the great hospital door swung to and elizabeth found herself again in the outside world amanda lay absolutely still she was conscious for the moment of nothing but the utter vacuity of exhaustion it was only little by little that her strength revived her brain began to work those thoughts weighed upon her again which were killing her inch by inch It is hard to understand the processes of a mind like amanda's diseased perhaps from the first made more so as life went on by illness and adverse circumstances as to how far she was accountable who can decide one thing is certain that some sort of moral struggle now took place within her her brow was contracted her lips moved now and then she stirred uneasily her piteous gaze fastened half unconsciously as elizabeth's had done on the face of the christ in the engraving For her, as for Elizabeth, the pictured eyes held a curious fascination. But we read into inanimate objects, above all the symbols of our faith, our own thoughts and convictions. It was not pity which Amanda saw in the sorrowful eyes, which to her, too, seemed alive with a singular power. When the sister came in, a little later, she asked her a question. "'Isn't it enough if we confess our sins?' she asked feebly. "'You said that would be enough to have them forgiven.' The sister looked down on her gravely repentance is not enough she said unless we do what we can to make amends amanda turned away with a feeble moan it was late in the afternoon when she nerved herself as for a great effort she called the sister to her and whispered what she said did not seem to cause surprise the sister's face brightened she left the room quickly it was evident that she was prepared for an emergency like this an hour later the small room was filled there was a lawyer witnesses Amanda's weak voice spoke steadily without pause when it was over she sank back exhausted and her eyes again sought the face in the Engraving she found there what she expected With a long sigh of relief. She turned her face to the wall and slept the sister quietly pulled down the blind She will rest now she said softly and it was true Amanda never awoke end of chapter 39